You're watching the Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates. Welcome in to the Pirate Playback right here on the Sports Objective. I am Dave Richmond as the Pirates get a really big win, a nice win at home. There's no place like home. 44-0 over the Gardner-Webb running Bulldogs. Of course, our Pirate Playback brought to you by LK Custom Homes. Give, it, give Kevin Walker a call today and let him know about your next project. Hey, Kyle from LaGrange Barber, what's up, man? Oh, man, it's good to get a win. Um uh, dominating performance. I was worried uh, this week that uh, you know we might have to win a close one or got right. upset, but it won't none of that. That was a dominating performance from the word go. No doubt, Bubba Rosenbaum. What's up in China Grove? Yeah, very encouraging performance, and certainly don't want to make it more than what it was. But uh, you know, given how the first three weeks had gone, uh, you know, I really felt like we were. I felt we were better than than, than uh, what many people thought, but at the same time, definitely plenty of things we need to see improvement, uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And like Coach Houston mentioned in the post game, it was great to see us come out and jump on Gardner Webb from the opening kick. And you know, you really felt like you, you made it clear to them that they weren't going to have a shot in the game uh, from the very first possession. No doubt. Hey, Matt Semenza, your defense, Matt, 144 games. They finally got a shutout the first time since September 2nd, 2000 against Duke and the 44 nothing. What do you think, Semenza? Were you happy with the defense? Very happy with the defense last night. I think they uh, they played inspired. They forced a, a ton of turnovers. I think we had five turnovers last night. Um, so I really like the way they play. Anytime you shut out a team and hold the opponent to 107 yards, that's a really that's good nice. night. It's a great night. You know, it's one of those games where, you know, you're supposed to win that game. You have to win that game. But I like the way we took care of business 44 to nothing. Um, That's a nice win. Yeah, the total yards for defense, guys, the best since 1978. Our good friend Terry Gallagher team, that total yards was 107 yards. That's the um, fewest yards since 78. So, I know that there. I know it's Gardner Webb, and we can uh, debate semantics and FCS versus FES and all that. But we dominated the game, and uh, guys, uh, I tell you what, um, I'm going to give a little bit of improvement to the quarterback play. I know there's still not where I'm not pretending like it's great now, but I think it was baby steps to uh, where we need to be. What do you guys think about the quarterback play? Well, I think if Flynn hadn't hurt his shoulder again. Um... He, we'd probably end up having a really night, a nice night. Uh, Mason came in, and to his credit, didn't didn't get happy feet as much. Um, didn't uh, didn't throw a pick. Um, completed some passes. You know, still didn't see him go deep. But um, really liked Flynn in the first half up until he got hurt. Um, hopefully, he can go this week against Rice. But um, I was very pleased with Clint, with um, 
with uh, Flynn's play, and uh, and Mason was a huge improvement. And um, really, I, one thing I noticed about Mason, Bubba, did you pick up on this in the stadium? Both times that the uh, students started attending, we want Alex. He got big completions on third down. Yeah, that was true. And um, you look at the numbers, um, Alex, well, 8 out of 18 for 94 yards. He did have, I can think of at least two or three drops, if, if not more, yeah. uh, there. And, you know, you had one on the first series. But, um, yeah, those numbers are somewhat misleading, you know, it's, especially in those conditions. I mean, and there were a couple of bad throws, uh, no doubt. But uh, all in all, a solid game for Alex. And, and hopefully um, hopefully that shoulder will, will be healthy and he'll be ready to go against Rice. And then Mason, uh, you talk about him being sharp, 9 out of 12 and did some nice things with him as far as getting the ball out of his hand quickly uh, on screens and then also um, kind of moving the pocket, rolling him out some. Uh, so nine out of 12, 89 yards for Mason Garcia. Yeah, guys, you saw some interesting things early in this game. You know, if you look at the, the very first possession, uh, we had an opportunity. We It was an RPO, and we tried to hit Chase Sowell or Sowell on the slant, and he dropped that ball. That ball was right on the money. That would have moved the chains. So we get off to a rough start there. We, we're three and out. We punt. But then you look at the second possession, and there were there was, you know, I'm trying to look, always trying to look for some positives to take away from the game. The second possession was really nice to see. It was up tempo. There were the yeah. running game mixed in with the short passing game. There were wide receiver screens. There were quarterback design runs. Um, I I really liked what I saw on that second drive. If you guys get a chance, go back and watch that. A lot to take from. I think that's who we need to be. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. I, I agree with you. And I, I, I love the I was gonna ask you. foreign play to uh, to Rajay on the little um, – little, uh, Yeah. I don't know. Was that a halfback screen there? Was that a screen pass to, to Rajay? It was really just – it wasn't a screen pass. It was just a flare. It was just flare, a flare okay. where he flared, flared out, out the- and he's matched up one-on-one with a linebacker, but the, the linebacker was nowhere to be found, and he just was able to, you know, bulldoze into the end zone. Gotcha. Nice throwing catch. Yeah, that was well. um, Josiah Hatfield, um, Flynn hitting Josiah on, on the post route on that second possession that really got things going. And then, yeah. like you said, um, great to see us um, since we were having some positive plays and you know moving moving the ball a bit to uh, to use that tempo and and uh, also you know I think from that point on we scored on four consecutive possessions that uh, the third of which was a little disappointing where we had forced a turnover. I believe that's when J.D. Lampley recovered the, the ball after the, the sack. Oh, yeah. But um, we did lose yards there. But, you know, hats off to Andrew Conrad for coming in and making the field goal, at least getting points. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, you, uh, Matt mentioned Soul. um Dropping that pass on that first drive, and then just wanted to mention that he made several big catches after that uh, in the yeah. first half. Had a really nice first half. Yeah, three three catches, yeah. twenty nine yards for Chase in the game, and you know, that's, that's an excellent point of how he didn't hang his head. He came back and uh, yeah. immediately after that, I think it's on that second possession, made a nice catch on an out route. I'm going to predict he's going to have a breakout game at some point in the season where he's going to, you know, have explode for you know over a hundred yards for seasons. 
Hey, Matt, are you going to make the prediction this week? It'll be Rice, where Soul will, um, Chase will come out, have a come out party. And hey, what's better than game? what's better? We definitely need it, Dave. We definitely need it. And, uh, you know, you look at him, he's a, he's, he's a tall kid. You yep. know, he, he looks every bit of like 6'3, six, 6'4. Six, I'm impressed with his size, I think. But to your guys' point, like, he just needs confidence. He just needs to get going. And hopefully, yesterday did that. Um, I'll tell you, not to get off topic too, but another big body receiver, the kid from Kansas actually made his, at least from what I can see, he made his debut yesterday on offense. He is a big kid. He almost looks like a tight end. Tall. Yeah, he's very Bob, tall. Another big body, yep. He he looks so much bigger than a, um, a wide receiver, doesn't he? I, I don't know. Maybe it's me, but he, he, he's a, a big dude. We've had big guys like that in the past, like um... – Oh, shit. What was the guy that called the Justin Jones? Tulsa. Yeah, Justin Jones. Yeah. Yeah. It's not in recent times. It, it's great to have guys like that when you're, you know, now all of a sudden we're trying to incorporate wide receiver screens into the offense. It's great to put guys like that in the slot, bigger body guys right. that are strong and can block, you know, and spring guys for some you know, for some yards. So that, that's one thing that kind of jumped out. You know, I'm, I'm, as crazy as me, we haven't been running more screens. That's one thing Donnie could always do. Back when, yeah, when, he, was the, uh, when, when he was here under Ruffin um, as, as receivers coach, he, he had some of the best blocking wide receivers out there. And so yep. he can't teach his receivers to block. You know, I know he's the OC, he's not coaching receivers, but he can show his, his assistant coaches how to do it, how to coach it. No question. And guys uh... – we have a running back controversy. I'm joking when I say that, but uh, man, the running back room as we've been talking all preseason and early on this season is so good. Um, you were talking about uh, Kamara Edward Edmonds. He is like that guy is uh, is great, and and the fact that he gets two touchdowns. I know that it was later in the game, but you, I know Kyle, you alluded to the fact he needs more touches. Well, based on what we saw, you know, um, I'd like to see him how he does against, you know, a, a defense that isn't worn out. But it looked like he had good vision and he could cut well to me watching him play um, on what I saw on video. And uh, that's to translate, you know, no matter how tired the defense is. So I'd like to see him get some more touches. It was good to see Green get a couple touches last night too. Yep. Yeah, it yeah. It was a shame that Gerald Green left the game with, uh, you know, some sort of injury, interested to get the update on oh, him. Oh, I didn't even realize that, Bob. Yeah, there in the first half um, – and it's on that – I want to say is that second or third possession. We we saw him. It was on uh, Gardner-Webb's half of the field as we were driving toward the Boneyard. But, uh, yeah, I was I, I was looking forward to seeing what Gerald Green could do. But um, it was great to see Camaro Edmonds come in and score a couple touchdowns. I think he had four carries for 28 yards. And like Matt mentioned, some – uh, a nice cut or two and seemed to have pretty good vision, just like we saw some excellent visions and some nice cuts from uh, Javius Bond, the touchdown he scored on the Boneyard end of the stadium. Uh, it was very yeah. rem reminiscent of um, the, the run that Keaton Mitchell had against Memphis last year. Yeah, so you got Green, you got green injured and uh, Gunn was out. Uh, he got hurt in practice this past week. So yeah, Pop McKay has been out for the whole. I mean, he's been. So uh, I don't know. I don't know how how bad Green's injury is and how bad Gunn's injury is, but good to know we got depth there with Bond. Gunn is not bad. 
coach talked about it. Guns is not bad. They just okay. uh, felt like they could. They just held him. Was it a hamstring? Off the top of my head, I can't. He mentioned what it was, and they just held him out this week. So I think he'll be good to go next week. I'm not 100 percent on that, but based on the way coach was talking, it was just a. It was a way, in other words, where he wouldn't get he could get some healing time this week and be ready for race. Let me ask you guys something. What do you do, uh, Matt, uh, Bubba? What do, you, what do you do? You guys have both been on college football teams. When you have a guy that well, – what do the coaches normally do? When you have a guy that had performed like Kamara did late in the game um, and it's not against – you know, it, it was against their starters, but they were worn out. Uh, do, do, you, do you practice him more this week to see if he's ready, you know, for more playing time, more rotations, or do you need to – do you not – how do you handle that? How, you don't want to overreact to his performance, but then you don't want to ignore it either. Yeah, it's definitely tough. I mean, he I'll tell you, he he really popped out to me. He's he's strong. I mean, he's a bigger back. Yeah. He's got some weight, but man, he's strong. The one goal line run where he I mean he just overpowered two or three guys. And then, like you guys yeah. mentioned, he showed the vision. So what I mean, what I would do is I really like just based on what I saw, and the coaches see him every day, but I like him very similar to like skill set I like for Rajay. He's very good in short yardage. Right. He's really good goal line situations. Like if you need a bigger back to kind of, you know, you have like a third and one, Kyle. I, I think he might be I'd a like little bit faster than Rajay. Yeah. What's that? I think he might be a little bit faster than Rajay. Mm, maybe. Yeah, he might be. I mean, I could be but wrong. Right, that I haven't seen the, you know, I haven't like seen him in a footprint. Back. Yeah, go ahead, Dave. Yeah, Sorry. You're you, right about that. No, I was just going to say with, uh, with those two backs that are so big, they're the kind of uh, bruiser backs that I like a lot. And with short yardage, as bad as we need to score points, you put them in um, there at the goal line or there's a two or three yards uh, that you can definitely count on them getting those yards. And, I mean, you're right. It's like his determination, his will to get in the end zone, there's nobody that's going to stop him. Well, I know there's people that can, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, one thing that's something you pointed out there about red zone, and I mentioned this the other night. We haven't had a lot of red zone opportunities, but we do take advantage of them when we get them. Um, so you hope that you hope you hope you get more of them and continue to take advantage of them. But at least we're coming away with points when we do get in the red zone. Yeah. yeah so take many times we... Go ahead, Bob. I'm Go sorry, ahead, Dave. No, you good. No, I was just going to say that very fact of uh, how many times have we seen teams over the years especially in the mo years where we drove the field and you get in the red zone and you stall you know and so it's good that we're taking advantage and i really believe guys uh, this team is only going to get better as time goes on and um we got a great opportunity this week at rice so we'll see go ahead bubba taking a look at the red zone um, to kyle's point um we've been there 14 times through four games so uh, obviously not enough, as we know. But uh, when we get there, we have scored in all, on all but one possession, and nine of those thirteen scores have been touchdowns. So, so not bad. Uh, right at sixty-five percent, uh, similar to what it was the season ago as far as percentage of touchdowns. Once we get there, obviously we haven't gotten there nearly as much as we did in in twenty twenty two just yet. Yeah. And I, I did, about it. Just, like I saw a lot of good things from, 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 it was nice to see uh, good things from multiple backs yesterday. You know, I mean, 
that's going to help so much in the red zone. But I think in addition to that, there were some massive holes in the red zone yesterday. Like <clears throat> I'm putting my money that D rich could have run in one or two of those because. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> because there were some, there were the, the O line did a nice job. It seems like the O line. I don't know if you guys have noticed this when we get inside the 10 yard line, it seems like they really thrive there. They've been opening up some really nice yeah. holes in the running game right. once we get inside the 10-yard line. But, you know, all the backs really showed something. I thought Rajay had did a really nice job finishing some runs with power. We talked about Camaro, um, you know, Bond with, you know, the ability to kind of cut back and make moves. He's and incredible. Speed. Yeah, I mean, he's just got a, he's got a lot of potential. He's got a lot of ability. And, um, Man, if you can get Marlon Gunn to stay healthy – you got Marlon Gunn. Green. Oh, there's what six, five or six backs in the uh, running back room. Yeah, there's definitely a, a good stable, a good yeah. stable of backs, and you know we're gonna need all those guys as you go. That is one of like that you like. You always hear coaches talk about that, but you definitely need three or four good backs. Yeah, especially when you look at it, these nagging injuries. You said like with Marlon Gunn. It's not like a, a really bad injury where he's going to be out a while. It's just something that has to heal, and and um, it's nice that we had the uh, that we have the stable of backs where he doesn't have to come in and maybe get even more injured. We did some of the two back stuff last night. Not a lot. But we did it a little bit. I remember one play where um, uh, Mason completed a pass out of a two back set. Um, I'd like to see more of that um, in the future. Uh, you know, it creates another blocker if you leave one of them in the block and flare one of them out. Um, so what do y'all think of that? Would y'all like to see more of that or too gimmicky? No, I liked it. I liked it a lot. And and the reason being is that that's our strength. And so we need to rely on our strength. Our strength is running and defense, which Coach Houston wants. And I think, uh, hey, Matt, to your point uh, that you always talk about NIL, when you got these young guys that uh, we need to give some PT um, and see what they could do. I I really like it. I know it's more old school, but I like the two back set. What about you? You and Bubba. Matt, you're Bubba gonna take that. Matt, you're on mute. Thank you, Kyle. Um, I was gonna say, yeah. I mean, if it's working, stick with it. And I, I like giving. Multiple sets of look. I mean, definitely we saw some good things from that last night. So um, we're going to have to try those things with the quarterback play this year, just being, you know, the way it is. Um, we're going to have to get very creative in formations and sets and uh, give defenses some different looks and use all of our backs because um, I, we're just not good enough in the passing game to just line up and throw it on people at this point. So, um, yeah. Obviously, defensively last night, not much to complain about. We played well in all facets of the ball. Um, how much do you guys – you know, we forced turnovers and we both sides played in the rain. How much do you guys think that our defense contributed to those turnovers versus the weather? Well, it was a combination of both. I think it was both. I think it was our physicality, and, and, and they couldn't handle that with a wet football. See that, Kyle? I'm sorry. It just lagged on me there for a second. I said last night the amount of turnovers we forced. How much do you think it had to do with a wet football versus our physicality? I think it was a combination of both. I think Gardner-Webb couldn't handle our physicality playing with that wet football. 
Yeah, I, I definitely think it was both. I thought we did a nice job running to the ball, and we were physical. There were some big hits that caused those fumbles, but I think the wet football definitely you know, played a huge part in that, obviously. But I'll say this, man, Gardner-Webb, I expected more from that team. You know, like if you looked at some of their recent matchups against FBS teams, they've been very competitive. They looked awful yesterday. I mean, they looked awful. The quarterback looked terrible. The running back was fumbling. I mean, if I was that coach today, I would rip that team a new one because that was a terrible performance from Gardner-Webb last night. I mean, you expected them at the very least just to have some punch on offense and at least – do some good things. I mean, they looked terrible last night, but you hope that that was a lot to do with what we did. Um, but that they did not look like a good football team last night. Not at all. Yeah, I was I was very surprised um, based on what I'd seen. I'd watched a decent amount of that game uh, when they played at App State, uh, following our game at Michigan, and. Uh, yeah, that was not what I was expecting to see at all, and certainly we had a lot to do with that, and um, I'm sure the conditions did to a degree as well. But, um, but yeah, very, very surprised what I saw from Gardner Webb, and you know, one of the very first things we said tonight, you know, we we don't, we're certainly not making this more than what it what it is. Um, we we came out and did what we were supposed to do, and and that was nice to see. Yeah, absolutely. We took care of business yesterday. We did what we were supposed to do. Um, but certainly, like, you know, I'm not going to downplay a 44 to nothing win when you have your first shutout in 20 years and, you know, um, you hold the team to 107 yards. But, yeah, you're absolutely right, Baba. I mean, you know, we didn't win the Super Bowl yesterday. We did what we were supposed to do. Um, now, I think the key to this is let's build on it. Let's go beat right. Rice. That's the key. You know, but what can I, you build on this win, Kyle? One thing I had seen yesterday, and I told Bubba when we talked at the game that I felt good about things, I had watched Marshall play and I had watched uh, Michigan play. And, you know, Rutgers had played good football for this point. Michigan dominated them just like they dominated us. And then Marshall, dom- really, they won that game against Virginia Tech by a touchdown, but they dominated Virginia Tech. Um, so I felt pretty good about things. Was, you know, we played three really – and then. Appalachian State, Bubba, you're going to have to give those stats later from that Appalachian State-Wyoming game with the score because it's unbelievable. But we've played re- we played three really good football teams, and that's no excuse for the way we played on offense. But I kind of thought – I thought our defense was really good, and I thought what has happened is they've been getting frustrated and worn out in the fourth quarter. And I kind of thought we might shut them down yesterday on defense, and we did. Um, I think we played three really good football teams prior to this. We let that Marshall game get away from us, and um, we're one and three, and we could be two and two. But if we can figure out something with a passing game consistently, I think we have a chance to be decent. And I, and I know it, it, it just and that has a lot to do with yesterday's performance, but it also had a lot to do with what I saw out of the teams we have we lost to. Yeah, let's not forget that uh, for the the trolls and the people that are being negative uh michigan's undefeated and so is marshall um app is not a bad team and we beat a good fcs opponent and they're not a cupcake oh by the way and gardner webb so um as coach houston has said our schedule is tough and you look at a one and three start but when you look at those games then you need to understand that that was a really tough non-conference schedule that we had it was tougher than 
a lot than some that we have. So when you look at it, don't just because you see Gardner Webb and you see App State and you automatically think that's a cupcake and you think oh Marshall. You, you think App State's a cupcake and you're then no, you're, then you're living about twenty years in the past. Right. Some people I'm not saying me, I'm saying that some people are expecting I, I, if, to be the, if you think if any I'm not saying you, anybody. If anybody thinks that stays a cupcake in twenty twenty three, then your opinion of college football means diddly squat because you don't know anything about college football. Um but no, I the schedule's it's been difficult and we played well defensively in those games for the most part. But I think more of the problem that most people were having was how bad the offensive numbers were. We were dead last in offense. It, the, the big key, you know, you beat Gardner-Webb and you dominate them, and that's nice. But the big key now is Rice. Rice is a school that's decent. They're, they're, they're a, you know, they, they, they upset Houston earlier um, in the year. Uh, they, they got a pulse. It ain't like we're playing Dingleberry U. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Can we go down there and win? You know, um, you, you, you don't want to say if you go down there and lose a close one because we've got too many losses. We can't be losing close ones now. So we, we need to go down there and get a win over an FBS opponent. And suddenly I think you're feeling a lot better about things at two and three. Yeah. And like we had talked a lot about before the season, guys, where we needed to be after the first four. My goal for this team was two and two. I thought if we could be two and two, I would feel really good about where we are. We obviously came up short. This We need to go down to Texas and win this game. You know, this, this is a big game for us. Like you said, Kyle, FBS opponent, conference, but also just to build on the momentum from this week. Um, and we need to get back. I mean, we just can't afford to keep dropping games, you know, to teams like this. Bubba, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, conference opener, and then you're going into an open date. And then on Thursday, October 12th, you have SMU. Um, Fresh off that announcement that they're headed to the ACC, um, they were defeated 34-17 in the battle for the Iron Skillet yesterday by TCU in Fort Worth. So um, you take care of business this weekend. You got that week and a half to prep for the the Mustangs and um, a chance to get it back to 500 and, and be two and zero in the American uh, with with, uh, with the first ever matchup with Charlotte on the horizon that following week. Yeah, that'd be real nice if we managed to do all that. I, I would take just a win over Rice at this point. Oh, but, you know, it, it would certainly create a lot more buzz and excitement for that SMU game. Um, but, you know, hey, uh, Bubba, Dave, Matt, we, we were talking earlier, uh, JT Daniels got injured in that South Florida game towards the end. Don't know how bad the injury is. Um, but that'll, that'll be a huge, huge difference, I think, if he doesn't play. Oh, no doubt about it. He's been playing really good football, and he's he's obviously brings a lot of experience and talent to the table. So, you know, I mean, like, Kyle, I think you said it well before the show. We were talking about it. You hope nothing's seriously wrong with him injury-wise. Obviously, it would be a break for East Carolina to play against Rice without JT Daniels. So, we hey, shall see. Hey, guys, by the way, I was going to ask one quick question. But what about um, – have you guys heard about Alex Flynn? Is he okay? I mean, as far as his shoulder, because that's uh, – Kyle, and I mentioned that is an advantage for us to have two. And then Jeter at the very end, he's got talent too. I have not um, heard heard an update on Alex Flynn. 
and and we'll circle back to to Raheem Jeter here in a few minutes. And because I did, I was a little surprised by that on one hand, just based on based Mason on, needs to stay the snap and based on you know getting Mason more work as Kyle's referencing. But JT Daniels um, against South Florida before he did go down and leave that game with an injury. Uh, 27 out of 40, 432 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Got so, uh, so I'll, I'll talk to my Rice sources and uh, see what we can find out about JT and if there's any shot that he'll play this week. Do you know what kind of injury it was? I do not. I, I, I know way back years ago when he was at USC before he transferred to Georgia, he suffered an ACL, but I'm not sure. Okay. If yeah, I don't want to injury that. Was, yeah. I'm not sure if yesterday's injury was uh, related to a knee or, or what. Well, let's hope it wasn't anything with ACL. Let's, let's hope it was. Yeah, maybe definitely some, hope not. Maybe some concussion. Today. Maybe a concussion where he needs to miss a game. Um, I, 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 you know, I, uh, you, you know, you don't want. It's one of those things. You don't want the kid to be hurt, but you, you don't want to play against him either. So it's it's kind of like you know. You, it's not you're kind of torn in a you know the 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 angel and the devil on each shoulder with uh with how you should think about that yeah and i'll tell you like you know obviously he's going to present a big challenge for our past defense for our secondary it's hard to again take too much away from yesterday because of the fact the weather was so bad and gardner webb just looked awful but I did see some good things I liked from our secondary yesterday. And I and there were some some things I saw from our outside linebackers that I thought were vastly improved. If you go back and watch the what one of the things Gardner Webb was trying to do was they were trying to work the flats and get the ball out wide to the perimeter. There were three or four occasions where our, our outside linebackers dropped into coverage, were able to get in the passing lane and bat down balls. Enforcing completion. So I thought that was a really nice job there. Um, and then I kind of like the lineup that was on the field. I like what we did at corner. You know, Ravel has been playing good ball all year. Opposite him, we started Antoine Jackson. I don't think he gave up a reception. Again, is that Gardner Webb or is that, you know, he's. He is really good, guys. And then at safety, more playing time for Omar Rogers and obviously Julius Wood. So, you know, you like to think that we're making the right steps and we're moving in the right direction, but Rice is definitely going to test us next week. And the thing is about when you play a team like that, that's very good throwing the football like Rice is, when we bring pressure, we've got to get home. Because yeah. if, if we leave our corners on an island for too long, you know, the game, you know, obviously we're going to give up a lot of yards. So we need to get home with pressure and then cover up on the back end. Yeah, no doubt. I, uh, Bub, I don't know if you, um, or Dave, if you heard it on the radio, I don't know. Uh, yesterday, the crowd, uh, I was, you know, relatively pleased with the turnout, considering we just literally had had a tropical storm. Some people yeah. didn't have power. Um, 40,000. You know, yeah. Uh, go ahead. It was announced 40,589. Uh, there was not 40,589 there. No, but, uh, it was under the circumstances with, with so tickets issue. sold. We sold. We should have had forty thousand there. Yeah, with, with the issues on dealing with the the flooding, et cetera, you know, and they're definitely in those pirates who just flat out were unable to attend. Got and guys like Chew Justice appreciate him 
allowing us to use oh, some of the man. <laughs> and some I don't know his youth. He could have took his helicopter out of there. Some he of could, his he, video, he could, he could I don't know that with you guys, but uh, we'll be sharing his that. boat down the Tarra River. You could think of the boat, yeah. We'll be sharing that with the rest of Pirate Nation on our YouTube channel. And he, you know, he was nice enough to send us several videos uh, throughout about a 24-hour period um, documenting things just down the road in Chacoinity. Uh, they're on the Pamlico River and Pamlico. Witcher, the old Witchard's Beach location for those. Yeah, Witchard's Witcher Beach. So um, his family has has that uh, r- river house there. So, Bubba, yeah. did you ever go to Witcher's Beach when it was um, when it was a public oh man? Beach? I did not. Well, I, back in the day. I, I, I went to one time. My my dad um, when I was younger, probably about Riley's age, you know, eleven, twelve years old. My dad took me there, and you know. Talking about the the fun that he had had there on the on the river at Witcher's Beach back in his ECU days. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you, your dad may have told you stories. But Witcher's Beach was, and Dave will know, being you know living in this area <laughs> it, during during the week and during the day, it was a it was a beach made up on the river, and it had a really cool pavilion that you could go in yeah. and get food. They had burgers, corn dogs, all the all that kind of stuff, and a huge arcade. And air hockey and all that, and then at night on the top floor was a club, and so right. you know the kids and all we'd go there during the day, and then at night mom and daddy would go there and get the club Ooh. and get drunk, and then you know go fall <laughs> in the river. But that was the place, man. That was the spot during the during the um, warm months in Eastern North Carolina back in the eighties. You you were at Witcher's Beach at some point during the summertime. And, did they have um, uh, concerts there, Kyle? Yeah, they did. Yeah, that club, and then they had a water park too. They had a small water park, and unfortunately, yeah, and unfortunately, um, you know, real estate has taken it over, and all the cool redneck stuff ain't there no more. <laughs> that that was I, I had forgotten about the, uh, yeah, I'd forgotten about the water park, but they really did, and well, do, um, Dave, well, Dave went away. Anyway, um. So guys, it's enough about uh, nostalgia about Witcher's Beach. It's only me and Dave has. Um, I, uh, I what what other takeaways do you guys have from the game from last night? What about special teams? Obviously, um, Conrad had to kick uh, the ball in the rain, made some, missed some, missed an extra point. You don't like to see that no matter the conditions. But overall, uh, special teams were pretty solid last night. Yeah, d- disappointed to see the missed PAT. Obviously. Uh... But all in all, even though we've missed some field goals this year, most of the longer variety, um, that that operation as a whole and the, with the, the snap and the hold uh, has been much more solid than it was a season ago. Um, and, Matt, I, was, I know you had something to say regarding regarding the special teams. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, wet football, bad conditions. You hate to see a missed extra point, like – you know, you almost just have to take the mindset regardless of the elements. You can't miss extra points. And then, obviously, the missed field goal, you can live with that. Um, I thought overall, I, I think our coverage units are doing well. Um, they look to be improved this year. And, you know, we're not beating ourselves in special teams like we did last year. So that's good. You know, just don't want to see things like missed extra points. That would be my one negative, you know, takeaway. Yeah, Luke Larson. He did have a poor punt or two. I know one time it was a situation you know, with with the field conditions. 
I think we were about the Gardner-Webb 34-yard line and opted to punt and because uh, I think we had fourth and 12 or fourth and 14, about their 34. And and Luke, and he, you know, he was trying to trying to uh, you know angle it to the corner and and just you know perhaps a bad drop or came across his body. It was about a 13 or 14 yard punt, but on the whole, uh, Luke Larson has has done a pretty solid job this year. Probably a a little improvement from a season ago. Yeah, and and then uh, we had two kickoffs got about, if I remember right. And, uh, was that more for yeah. the wind and the conditions? Yeah, and Coach Houston, he was uh, after the first one, which was toward the Murphy Center. You saw him talking to Lath Marjan about that, uh, and just pointing and say, "Hey, look at the flags, look at the flags," and and was pointing to where he should have been aiming it to to play for the win. And Coach Houston referenced that in his in his post game press conference was laughing, just saying um, our kicker didn't know how to read the flags, and uh, so I don't I don't feel bad bringing that up because Coach Houston brought it up himself. <laughs> yeah, a few other takeaways from last night, guys. I noticed there were some some uh, some guys that got playing time that uh, I was really happy to see on the field. Uh, Sam Danka, hope I'm saying his name correctly. Bubba will Bubba will tell me if I don't because Bubba has all the names down perfectly. Um, but I thought, man, when he's on the field, he pops. He sticks out. That dude must be 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. He can run. He's long. He definitely looked as advertised. He made some really good plays. Um Kyle, I don't know if you noticed him when you were at the game last night, but he did get in the passing lane one time. He batted a ball down. I think he had a TFL. Um, so I was happy to see him get some playing time. Um, you know, I, I thought there were a number of guys that really contributed well last night. Um, and it was good to see a lot of guys get playing time like that. So uh, good performance there. What did you guys think of him? Number seven, Big Sam Danka. Honestly, I didn't notice him any more than anybody else, uh, Matt. To be quite honestly, but I will take your opinion on that. You should, uh, you know, be, you, you you should be a better evaluator of that than I am. Yeah, I, de- I definitely. Uh, he he kind of sticks out like a sore thumb out there, and just with, with his his length, you know, and um, you know, he's still filling in to his body um, you know, with Big John Williams. But um, you know, you heard Coach Houston and Blake Carroll talk about uh he, he's like that that joker and that sucker is his length and athleticism he can he can be a force to be reckoned with uh, especially you know rough, rushing the passer and getting those arms up and uh, taking away throwing lanes yeah like and i remember watching his high school tape he he's a hitter too like he's not afraid to come up and blow people up um, but he definitely has a great frame, like a, like a, you know, you hear, you hear people throw around the term NFL frame all the time. This dude has a legit NFL frame. I mean, he's every bit of six, five, six, six. And to your point, Bubba, you know, he has with that type of frame, you could easily get up to 240, 250 and carry it well. Um, so he, he's one to watch out for guys really happy to see him get some more playing time. And then, you know, the other guy that always pops for me is Chad Stevens. I just feel like every week this guy is making plays and, and, and wreaking havoc uh, behind the line of scrimmage. 
Well, you got a guy that tall and lanky. How, how do you get the weight on him? I mean, besides the obvious lifting weights, et cetera, what do you do from a diet standpoint? You want him to eat a lot of calories, but you, you want him to stay healthy. So uh, how, how do you how do y'all balance that from your experience? I don't know if either one of you have ever had to gain weight to play. Well, uh, I certainly did. I mean, you know, protein shakes three or four times a day, Kyle, um, more, you know, caloric intake, um, you know, meats, fish, a lot of protein. Um, you know, I don't know how big creatine still is in this day and age, but that was a big thing when I played guys were taking creatine and you could easily, um, you know, put on 10 pounds and, you know, a few months with that stuff. Cause it's a monohydrate. So you retain water. Um, but you know, different supplements like that, obviously all the legal stuff, but, uh, you know, I think that's probably the best way to do it. And, um, he'll carry it well, cause he's got the frame. So no steroids, no steroids. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend that. I would not recommend that his heart might explode, Yeah. but, uh, you know, we, we, you know, we could definitely find some supplements that fall within the legal boundaries. Now, if he just wants to get fat, I can tell him how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's uh, like three, 4,000 calories a day. Yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, it's amazing. You know, you would think I would eat that many calories a day, but I don't. Uh, but yeah, just, uh, yeah. Uh, hopefully he can put on the weight on that frame because you guys, you know, I, like I said, I need to go back and watch the film of him um, at the game. You know, sometimes, particularly when it's on hand, I'm not noticing every little player. Um, so obviously, in his case, a big player. But I need to go back and watch the game and uh, and try to notice him on defense. I, I did go back and watch today. I went around, um, mainly watched the offense. So I kind of skipped the defense because I'm happy what the defense is doing. So I went back and watched um, all our offensive possessions. Something else of note, um, speaking of the defense, just looking at the tackles and the, and the defensive statistics for last night's game. And I, I know that was more extreme because of the blowout and playing even more players. But just with the way football's played now, uh, and Matt will understand where I'm coming from with this, you know, back in the day when you didn't have the spread offenses and when, when it was more between the tackles and more run-oriented, you would have a guy like a Jeff Carr, Mark Libiano. You know, going or going back to, you know, Robert Jones that would have, you know, 130, 140, 150 tackles. Now, our leading tackler last night, Taylor Jackson, linebackers, seven tackles. You also had uh, Jordan Huff with six, Julius Wood with five. Those were the only three players with, with more than four tackles. That's interesting. That's a very interesting stat. Uh, and last year, I think our leader, uh, our leader, uh, and tackles didn't even, I want to say, is right around 80. So just, I, f I find that pretty interesting. Yeah, no, I, it's um, showing that everybody's getting involved in the game on the defensive side of the ball and uh, wrapping up, making the proper tackles that we're spreading out so much. And we play a lot of guys on defense. Yeah, that's like when you look at the snap counts, you'll notice that a lot, we have a lot of guys that'll get like 20, 25 snaps. You know, like we play. I'll say this for, for Blake Harrell's defense. He plays a lot of guys. Like yesterday, we had a ton of guys play. And, um, you know, you mentioned Danka. He had like 20 snaps. Um, a number of guys up front on the D-line, you know, got like 20, 25 snaps. So they rotate guys really heavily, which, you know, 
I get why they do that. I think there are positives and negatives to doing it, but that's definitely a philosophy of the staff. Bobby, hey guys, you were there. Like... The... Go ahead, Dave. I was just going to ask about the – what do you, what do you guys think about – we were talking about the offensive side of the ball with the offensive line. I want to give them some love. I know we talked about it a little bit earlier, but I just want to get your overall take because it seems like uh, with those guys, there's no question they have talent. It comes down to chemistry, and some guys are not playing their natural position. So, what do you guys think? Well, they looked good last night with that D-line from Gardner-Webb, you know, it's the FCS D-line. Um, even though they they played pretty good defense uh, up to this point, uh, Gardner-Webb had. Um, we made some changes on the line. We moved. I'm tar- terrible with names, so you guys help me out with this. But the guy who started the bowl game, we, we moved him back to center. Um we moved him back to center, so uh, that seemed to go pretty well for week for for the first game of of him being back at center. The line seemed to play well. Yeah, we there were so just to kind of comment on that for a minute. And Bubba, I, Bubba, did you want to chime in on this? I saw you come off just, mute. Well, just very quickly, I was during the second half. Um, I made that comment to my dad. I was like, you know, hey. Because uh, I, I had not been sitting with him in the in the first half, I was on the north side of the stadium. But uh, I was like, "Hey, did you notice uh, Hampton Ergel is at center and, and Dustin Hall's at guard?" Yep. Yeah, th- I think that was a big like that was definitely the big change they made this week. With now that Owen Murphy is healthy at right tackle, yeah, they were able to move Ergel back inside to center and then kick Dustin Hall out to left guard. And um, you're still playing at right guard. You have Sacra and Foot contributing there too. So hopefully that adjustment will help. Um, I'm guessing that's how they wanted it to be from the start. But yes. when Murphy was hurt, when he went down, you had some, you know, uh, some decisions to make it right tackle. So hopefully this is a, a better lineup moving forward. We hope. Oh, it will be actually, um, and and it shouldn't be last night again. Much much weaker competition, but um, it, they just look more comfortable as a unit. And also, I don't know how many false starts we had, but it seemed to be a lot less. Yeah, we only had like we we're talking about five penalties, right? Um, right, Matt, five penalties for was it forty yards? I believe that's correct, Dave. Five for forty. Bubba will definitely tell us if we're wrong on that. How many of those was false starts? I can't think of any false starts last night. Well, that, that, there, there you go. That's the answer to the center question to me. I, I could be wrong, though. I, I, yeah. I could be wrong, but I, I can't think of any. Um, I don't you know, remember seeing yeah. one. You're right about that. Let's take a look at this offensive line for a minute because I'm always kind of thinking about, like, next year and – Correct me if I'm wrong. I think everybody that started last night has multiple years of eligibility left. Um, I think Dustin right. Hall, he might be the only one, and Bubba will tell me. He came over. He was originally in South Florida. Then he went to Duke. I think he might have one year left. Hey, um, I think you're correct. You're right. Okay. So that's a good sign right there. Like if you can grow this unit and then continue to add to it from the portal and the offseason and whatnot. But um, – it's nice to see having, you know, guys with multiple years left, right? No, definitely. And uh, that's something that, you know, you don't want to, you know, I guess you could reload your line every year from the portal, but 
I wouldn't want to do that if you can keep them together because, you know, they have to play as such a unit. So it's it's better uh, if you don't have to use the portal as much on the offensive line, in my opinion. And, and there's and plus, offensive linemen probably get snatched up out of the portal faster than anybody um, versus skill players. So, Bob, I don't know if you're there. You've muted yourself. But uh, if you were, you know, Matt wasn't there, obviously, and Dave had a, had a, had a DJ uh, gig last night. But, Bubba, have you ever been at a colder game in September in your life? Okay, Bubba's clearly not there. Um, I'm going to answer that for Bubba. No, he hasn't. He has not. He has not been to a colder game in September in his life. I'll tell you what, my, my brother was at the Penn State game last night, the whiteout, and he said it got down into the 40s. Late yeah, it felt like game. the 40s there. It was 61, which temperature-wise isn't that cold, but it was a stiff breeze and raining. So it it felt like it was in the forties with the with the rain and the wind. It felt like in the forties, even though it was only sixty one. Yeah, the, that yeah, I can't think of one in September in Greenville that was that cold. Yeah, I, I can't think of a game even it was just sixty one in in September. So let alone the rain and wind with it. Yeah, no doubt. So. Kyle, how was the environment last night in the stadium? You know, looking at it on TV, it was hard to tell. Obviously, in the first half, weird. it was very good. Um, I mean, it wasn't insane because you know you're playing Gardner Webb, but you, you definitely, when Flynn made some of those throws early, um, the the crowd was into it. The defense forced some turnovers uh, in the second half, so a lot of people left. But you know, a lot of people did stay, and um, I, I would say it was good. I'd, I'd say, um, you know. Um, I, probably about what you would expect, but you could tell there was a lot of relief um, yep. amongst the people that were there. And uh, for, for all things considered, the turnout last night the, and, and those that stayed, you know, at least till halftime, um, I, you can't complain because I really expected to see fifteen to 20,000 there at most. And I would say there was probably over 30,000 people there, you know, at least before halftime. Wow. Yeah. That is really impressive. And uh, one question I want to ask you guys now, do you feel better, um, not to get ahead of myself, so notice I'm saying that, do you think now, do you feel more confident that this team can be playing a game in December? Um, you get back to game? me after the Rice game. Okay, that's what I was, that's my, okay, I'm glad I feel, I feel better that I'm not alone on that. The Rice game, you know, every game is big, but if you can win that Rice game, We've got two in a row, and then we have the. It's well, to me, thought, to right? me, if you look at it from a realistic path, and who knows what the hell can happen, you might upset somebody. But from a realistic path, if you can beat Rice and you can beat Charlotte, that gets you to three, and then you got the last three in November: Florida Atlantic, Navy, and, and Tulsa. I think we can beat all three of them um, if we're if we continue to improve. And that, to me, is your right. realistic path to six. But you never know; you may upset a Tulane, you may upset an SMU, you may upset a UTSA. We get SMU in here on a Thursday night, and I know they got an off week just like we do, but it's still a Thursday night. They got to travel from Dallas, you know. Who yep. knows? Um, you, you you get too late in here 12. in November. You get too late in here in November. Um, you know their quarterback's injured right now. Who know? You know, hopefully it's nothing lingering for, for for their sake. But you never know. Maybe they come out cold. Maybe maybe it's another rainy cold day in November, and we force a lot of turnovers. You never know what can happen, but. To, for a realistic path to a bowl game, you need to get this game against Rice. Yes. Another, Definitely. I hate to use the term, uh, Matt, must win, but 
the right these games on the schedule the thing that people need to understand is these games are a lot of 50 50 games um uh, on the schedule and so it comes down to uh, really for us if, if we can keep the uh, penalties at a minimum like we did last night and you have the play a clean game um, obviously you the, the obvious things you always hear would be uh about not having turnovers but i tell you one thing with the if that if that offense could keep cooking like it did to, well, last night with the way the defense is playing um you're going to see much improvement between now and november well what i would be preaching because i think you can make this your identity um matt i don't i don't know if you agree with me on this or not what i would be preaching is we're, we're, we're going to feed off the defense when the defense gets a three and out or the defense gets a fumble we have to score in those situations when the right. defense gets a three and out when the defense forces a turnover that's when we have to score I, I, that would be – I think that's the identity of who we have to be as a football team this year. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. I think that playing great defense, special teams, and then the short passing game, um, I think is going to have to be really efficient for us because, you know, like in in this era of college football, you just have to be able to throw it. Um, and that's my that's my biggest question right now about this team in terms of how far they can go. Can you become bowl eligible with this quarterback situation? It's going to be really tough um, because of the fact we're still not really making those second level throws. Um, you know, it's going to be tough. We're going to have to really improve that quarterback to be able to do it. I think, I think we're going to go as far as our quarterback play takes us and yeah. our play calling. I think it, this is a major challenge for the staff calling plays this year because they thought we were going to be further ahead at quarterback than we are. And I think yep. they also thought we were going to be further ahead at wide receiver. Um, so some major challenges there with those two positions and they have to really adjust what they're doing. And I think, I think at times they've struggled to call plays this year that are effective for our skill set. So I, but I really think as we're going to go as far as, the play calling and quarterback play takes us. If Flynn's shoulder, you know, I, I hopefully, you know, he's able to go against Rice and he's 100%. But if, if we can get through the Rice game, somehow find a way to win that ball game, particularly if, if JT Daniels doesn't play, I think that improves our chances big time. Um, you got that off week. I, I think Alex can develop into a, um, into a, um, you know, what was the, I'm trying to think of the kid's name that played here in the rough and the, the Blake Kemp. I think he can develop yeah. into a Blake Kemp type quarterback with a yeah. much better defense around him if um, if if his shoulder can stay healthy. A good game manager. Yeah, the uh, I wanted to ask you guys about that as far as QB is concerned. We have people that obviously want to talk about the quarterback position. Do you guys think that? This just hit me uh, last night after the game with uh, Flynn. It feels like that Mason has gotten better, like we talked about, it's way away from where he needs to be, but he's getting better. How much of the uh, having Flynn around pushing him is going to make him uh, better? Like where he could be where we thought he would be at the beginning. Depends on Mason. Depends on Mason. Some people... Some people thrive in those situations. Um, some people, some people crash in those situations. It all, 
it all depends on Mason. I mean, it, it depends on your personality type, who you are as a person. Some people can hand them the keys to the car and say, it's yours, go out and drive it. Uh, you know, you're, you're the leader. And they don't, you know, and the other, and other, and they love it. And other guys, you know, need that competition to push them. Some guys get that competition to make them lose their confidence. So I think it all depends on Mason. Yeah, I agree with that too. Like, I think a lot of this is, I, I do think they're going to push each other. Like, the competition is, is going to help both of them. But I think Mason, I think his issues have really been in his head. Like, I think yep. he just needs to really take the mindset, like, hey, I don't Relax. give a damn. Yeah, I don't give a damn what the fans think. I'm not worried about making a mistake. You know, I just need to go play. Like, just go play football. And I thought he looked more relaxed last night. I really did. Um, maybe that's because he came off the bench late and he didn't start. But he just has to – yes, that's a perfect word, Dave. He has to just relax and play football. Because I think you could tell at times this year, it looked like he was playing with the weight of the world on his shoulders. Um, And you just can't play football like that. You just can't do it. In any sport, you can't do it. So hopefully as he gets more experience, he can relax himself a little bit and just get into a better rhythm. Bubba would actually be – Bubba, I don't know if you're back, but Bubba was a quarterback. I mean, what are your thoughts on that, Bubba, if you're able to chime in? I'd stepped away for a moment. Exact, exactly what was the, the question concerning? Just, just in terms of being a quarterback and just being able to relax and not press, um, just being able to play freely, not worrying about what the fans think, and just going out and playing football. Like we're as regarding uh, Mason Garcia. Yeah, obviously, um, just doing your best to to keep the main thing, the main thing and focus on, on what it is uh, you're doing. Uh, it can definitely be challenging to uh, block out some of those distractions. And there's definitely more now than back when I played. I mean, you, you had the internet, uh, but social media really wasn't so much a thing. I, th- I guess what Facebook came along in 2004. So that was right around the time I was finishing up playing. So, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, you you hear it a lot of times, and you know, there's some that uh, stay off of social media. There's some that don't, and uh, just just realizing uh, Charlie Jorgen, who played baseball for the Pirates, and it was funny, like he said, there are certainly those who are making comments um, that that do coach or that that do have somewhat of an understanding, but there's a lot more who are not, and you just have to understand that as a player that. Uh, if you if you even take a look at it, the best thing to do is not even pay, pay any attention to it, but um, just realize that the, the folks that are making these comments just want the Pirates to be successful, but in many cases don't know but so much about it. Right. And I wanted to, uh, to also ask as far as um, Bubba, you had talked about earlier, I was really impressed with uh, Jeter. And uh, you said we were getting to it towards the end of the show, and we're kind of like at that uh, closer to the end than the beginning, obviously. What were your thoughts, you guys? Uh, I just want to get your thoughts on beating Jeter. I know it was towards the end of the game in the fourth quarter, but he impressed being that he's a young guy, um, being that he doesn't have any experience. He comes in, and I thought he his command, I thought he was a lot more 
polished, uh, more confident than I expected him to be. And I know it's Gardner Webb. I know all that, but I'm just trying to uh, be objective also on his play. Yeah, and, and Robert Dedrick or Dedrick, I'm sorry, sorry, Robert um, mentioned just now. He he, he commented that uh, get Jeter some more snaps and let him compete for the job next year. Don't see any other quarterback rising, but um, I was I was impressed with with what I saw from him. Like you could tell, he's a fluid athlete. He's really tall. Yeah. He's definitely athletic. I thought he played well. He got a little um, – his very first play looked like he rolled his ankle a little bit because he was hobbling there for two or three plays after that. But I thought he did a nice job. He looked very relaxed. Um, you could tell he's athletic. Like you could just tell watching him in limited action that he's a fluid athlete. Um, but I th- – this was a topic of conversation on some of the message boards last week. People were saying, should we get him reps? Should we not get him reps? My feeling on that is with the with these new well, these these are not new, these are three or four years old now. The red shirt rules, you can play in four games. So I like the idea of getting him in the game last night. And certainly yeah. down the stretch, if we're struggling as a team and we're right. we're not in bowl eligibility or we're not in contending for a conference championship and our quarterbacks are still struggling. I'd have no hesitation letting him finish out the year. And you know what? One one thing further, even if you burn the red shirt, college football is not like it used to be. These kids want to play. Right. You don't play them. They want to hit the portal. So if we get to that point in the season and we're struggling, I have no problem building for the future with him. If the, if the coaches think he is the future. Yeah, and yeah I, 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 I agree with you. By the way, Go ahead, I was just going to ask quickly, Bubba. Bubba, how? I'm sorry about the lag, Bubba. How tall is Jeter? Because he's a lot taller than I had in my in my head. I saw him on the on the screen last. Wow. So, Bubba, basically, what Dave wants to know is how tall Jeter is. I don't know if Bubba's there, but he's about six three. Can we put this abomination of a show to bed, please? He's easily 6'3", I could say. All right. Um, I think we set podcasting back five years for this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of moving parts tonight with uh, Dave and Bubba are on the road and um, a lot of moving parts tonight. But I think we – Kyle, I think we covered a lot of it. What do you think? I have higher what? standards for this show than that, Matt. I'm disappointed. I, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm entering the transfer portal. Now nah, I'm playing. No, nah, we, we covered, we, we covered it all. I wouldn't post, piss Bub off, but if I did, it won't be the first time. I hear you. Yeah, no, hopefully next week we can, uh, we can get back on track a little bit. A lot of moving parts tonight. Robert just mentioned, by the way, um, Jeter is 6'4, 220 pounds. So that's, he's got great size. Yeah, tall kid should uh, be able to see up the offensive line, which a lot of people make a big deal out about that. Um, Marcus Crandall didn't seem to mind being short, Doug Flutie. But, uh, you know, it's an advantage, I guess, to be able to see the field, the whole field, and be able to see every line. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so, Kyle, what do you say? You have anything else you want to add to this, or are you ready to put a bow on this one? I'm ready to put a bow on it, baby. We uh, we got the Vic. 44 nothing over Gardner-Webb, and uh, now we'll see if we can go make it two in a row and beat Rice, which uh, obviously would mean a lot more true FBS opponent. 
and uh, be interesting to see watching both quarterbacks this week for both uh, Flynn and JT Daniels to see uh, if they're going to play or if both are going to play for their respective teams. Yeah, and I can tell you, like right right now, if JT Daniels is out, I would feel really good about this game. Um, I don't know Same. much about the back. I don't know anything about the backup, um, obviously, but definitely have to do some research. Um, well, their starter from last year transferred to Marshall, and he's the backup there now. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, but that's the big thing: is just build on what we did yesterday, Kyle. We can't afford to take another step back. So let's see if we can build on that. To your point, lean on the defense and the special teams, and hopefully we can, you know, continue to get better on offense. Yeah, no doubt. We're going to have to. I feel good about it. I think, uh, guys, we have to we look at – we don't look ahead. Rice is going to be a game that when you look at JT Daniels or not, I feel like that we could win. But definitely, Kyle, to your point earlier, uh, if Daniels is not in, I like our chances even better. We'll uh, preview it more uh, Tuesday night when we do the power preview. No doubt. Do you guys want to do some scores or you have some games you want to talk about before we get out of here? Uh, obviously, Ohio, Ohio State-Notre Dame was a – Incredible game. Ohio State-Notre Dame was a close game. Obviously, apparently, uh, Lou Holtz heard Ohio State's uh, head coach's feelings. And, uh, you know, I, 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 it kills me when I hear schools like Ohio State, but the head coach is Ohio against the world. How dare he say we're not tough? Give me a break. You're Ohio State. If your panties got in the wad because of some 152-year-old Lou Holtz had to say, then you're pathetic. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know if you how much of that game you guys saw, but that was a – that was a. Uh, I saw the last 10 minutes of it, I'd say. Aesthetically, it was kind of an ugly game. Like, it was power run – for Notre Dame, I mean, just power run inside. They went up 14-10. But the last two plays of the game, how do you have 10 men on the field? That was a colossal mistake. Uh, no answer for that. And, and you could see it when you – so before the very last play, Ohio State called a timeout. They called a timeout. Yep. You could tell that the, the right side of Notre Dame's defense was completely outflanked. And Ohio State just ran right at it. Um, so that's a that's a huge mistake. I don't know how that happens at that level in that situation. Um, somebody could get fired for that one because that may have well cost them the game. Yeah. If you have an extra defender on that yep. side of the ball, Kyle, you know, you might stop that run. I, yep. I called an upset yesterday, and I wish I'd said it on the air. You guys can verify it. I know Bubba can. I think I texted to the group. Uh, Central Michigan was a 16-and-a-half point underdog to South Alabama. South Alabama had just blew out Oklahoma State. I don't know why Central Michigan was a 16-and-a-half-point underdog in that game. I've seen the Chips play this year. They're well coached. I called that upset. I called it against the spread. They they won the game straight up at 16-and-a-half-point underdogs. I, I could have won a lot of money on that one. Wow. Yeah, good call about, on that one. Hey, guys, how about both Duke and North Carolina? Both 4-0. and oh, and In fact, Hooray. The, last, the last time – I know, but the last time – North Carolina was 4-0, was under Mac Brown, and they had a, a picture of uh, Mac Brown in 1997. <laughs> you have to go all of it. That's crazy, though, if you think about it, for North Carolina football. The last time they were 4-0 was 1997, I believe. It's just uh, hard to believe, but both teams, I'll tell you what, um, 
Semenza, you love the Big Ten. I'm going to say in two years, Elko gets a big job in the Big Ten. I really like him. He is. I love you were going to say in two years, North Carolina and Duke are going to be in the Big Ten. No, 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 no. They might be. They might be. That may be, but no, I was uh, Semenza. I really like Elko, and I like him going back. You going to be in game day in Durham this weekend, uh, Dave? Nope. Okay. Well, maybe you're going up to support your Blue Devils. No, I (laughs) – no, look, I, I'm just really impressed with this guy. I thought that uh, I didn't think he would turn it around very quick, uh, as quick as he has. And when you look at the you know, big game, by the way, guys, in the ACC this week, ACC, you have Notre Dame and um, and Duke. I think that's going to be a really big game. Uh, yeah, game, uh, game day's there. I realize. I understand that. I'm just talking about the fact that that's that's one to watch out for, and um, I tell you what, uh, hey, that's a good point. That will be a very good game. Hey, uh, by the way, uh, Matt's favorite coach, Deion Sanders. What the heck happened to your to uh, Prime yesterday, Matt? I'll tell you what. Oregon was one of the best teams I saw yesterday. Man, are they fast? And you talk about having an identity, like Kyle mentioned before, identity. That team has a clear identity, what they want to do on offense, and they just literally made Colorado look like a high school team. I mean, they made them look like a high school team. Um, They embarrassed them. Uh, That was a great performance. So Coach Prime, you know, he's he's obviously he's building. He's building. It's going to take some time, you know. But I'll tell you, if you like, if if he has another few years. With NIL and the portal, he's definitely going to keep building that program. But the one team I wanted to mention, guys, I'm telling you right now, this team is off the radar. Nobody's talking about them. But good luck to anybody that goes into Happy Valley to play Penn State this year because that team is legit. They're a playoff caliber team. Um, It's getting cold now. The weather's changing. That's a tough place to play. And uh, they absolutely demolished Iowa last night in uh, in a whiteout game. So just keep an eye out on Penn State. Nobody's talking about them. Um, I don't know what it is. They don't get a lot of national publicity, but that team has a lot of talent. Yeah. Hey, uh, Matt, what about a team that uh, I know have been ACC heavy, but what about uh, Syracuse, a team that we should be playing on the regular uh, for East Carolina with the history we have with uh, the Orange. Dino Bay has done Syracuse? a really good job there. They've done a great done. job with. Are they undefeated? Is Syracuse undefeated? I don't even know. I think, who did they, they were? Army? Yeah, they were 3 and 0 going into the week. I didn't see yesterday, but they've, they've looked they good won. so far. I know they won yesterday. I can't recall off the top of my head who they beat, but I think um, it was Army. Yes, thank you. Okay, yeah. Well, Dino Bravo has been there for a while now, and uh, he's up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. He's been that way since he's been there. So we be interested to see how the uh, Orange uh, do the rest of the year. And, yes, I know it's Dino Bravo. If you know who Dino Bravo is, you get the joke. Yeah, and uh, Brandon just mentioned about Florida State beating Clemson, man. That was another awesome game. Yeah, um, tight game. I just guys, I love not to not to like start another show on yesterday, but Mike Norvell to me, I love the way that guy oh, calls. Man. He he has no 
Um, he doesn't have that conservative bone in his body. Like he yeah. just he's throwing it. He's attacking. He was a great coach at Memphis. People wanted yeah, to find him what... this year at Florida State, and now here he is, man. And that was like that was a pretty amazing win at Clemson. Yeah, great yeah, win, huge what... win for Florida State if they're going to move forward and have a chance to compete for the national championship. What about uh, what we have now with the, the three big schools? You have Florida, Florida State, and Miami looking good. Yep, like the old days in Florida. I don't know how yeah. good Florida looked yesterday, though. Uh, that was, dude. That was that was all hangover from Tennessee. They they did what yeah. they needed to do to to, to beat uh, Charlotte twenty two to ten. I mean twenty two to seven. Uh, so I wouldn't. Uh, I believe that was the score. Is that is that right, uh, Matt? Twenty two seven. Yeah, great, something something just like that. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. I was happy, right, Matt? My wife was not happy at all. She was. She's not happy. No, that. I mean that. Well, what do you, you know, worry? We, I mean, y'all we just, have higher expectations, fellas. Than well, they just we, beat Tennessee. I mean, what does it matter? Yeah, you, they beat you. You, 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 you've proven you can you can play with the upper echelon of the SEC this year. You beat Tennessee. It's not like those players transferred out. You just had a they. They just they just didn't show up for Charlotte because it's Charlotte. But at least they came away with the victory. I, now, if they don't, you know, who do they play this week in SEC play? Oh man, I don't. I'd have to look it up. I'd have to look yeah. it up. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it, Florida's just been a weird team. They're just very up and down. They're very up and down. They give you these moments, and then they kind of they disappoint the next week. But uh, you know, I I just want to see that team like get to the point where they can put their foot on somebody's throat and and what, just demolish a Charlotte. Yeah. What about? Uh, I'm a really big fan. Like you, I think you guys are of Napier. Um, I, I've heard his recruiting has been tremendous. So. Uh, hopefully, the I'm sure the Gator fans will be patient with him, right? I mean, he's he's oh, of course, of course they will. Gator Gator fans should only be patient. Um, <laughs> I think I think it depends on how 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 the rest of the year plays out. But guys, yeah, got anything else? We ready to wrap this up? As far as Florida is concerned, they go to Kentucky this weekend, so that that is um, Kentucky's four, Kentucky's four and zero. Gators obviously three and one with that. Lone loss coming in the opener at Utah. So, yeah, big, big game for the Gators. And that's Kentucky, um, I believe, went to the Swamp and won last year. Is that right, Matt? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so that's one that uh, kind of a good game, good measuring stick to uh, you know, propel them to, to see what they're going to be this year. In the east, yeah, no, yeah, no. yeah. Bubba, do you have anything scores wise or teams wise you want to mention before we go? Bubba, do you have the app state Wyoming stats in front of you? If you can give those real fast, <laughs> yeah. While, while I'm uh, getting to those stats, um, something else as far as the Gators are concerned, did you guys? I forwarded it earlier. Um, just the week four highlights in general, but the, one of those highlights was the catch um, that the Florida receiver made. That, 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 that was tremendous. I, I didn't see it. And that's one of the best catches ever made on any football field anywhere. I just a one-handed catch. catch. It, it was. Oh man, I'll, I'll send it. it to you again, Kyle. It was. It was unbelievable. Amazing catch, like. It was like Odell Beckham on steroids. Yeah. Oh wow. And that and that was um, 
receiver who transferred um, over from Louisiana, if I'm not mistaken, R- Ricky Pearsall. Mm. So, but uh, as far as those stats from that App State Wyoming game, you know, the apps moved it up and down the field against the Cowboys, um, had to settle for a 20 yard field goal, a 25 yard field goal, a 28 yard field goal. Um, and then they also set up a Wyoming score with a short field um, where they, they threw a lateral and Wyoming recovered it uh, at the App State 26. So in, in that game, you had App State, Mountaineers had, bear with me here, my internet. Let's see. All right, 417 yards to 208 for Wyoming. And Mountaineers, 27 first downs, Wyoming, seven. Uh, Wow. The Cowboys had just 31 passing yards in the game. And then the the decisive score came on a block 47-yard field goal. App was leading 19 to 14, attempting that 47-yarder with – 202 to play and Wyoming blocked it, ran it back 62 yards for a touchdown. And this blew my mind. This is hard to believe as long as Wyoming's had football. It's not like a a Charlotte or a situation where it's, you're talking about a program that's been around 10 or 15 years. This is that was the first time that Wyoming had ever blocked a field goal and run it back for a touchdown. It, it unless that announcer was just misspeaking and, and because I was thinking, well, maybe they mean to win a game not, and they were saying that's the first time they've ever blocked a field goal and run it back for a touchdown in their program's history. Wow. It's hard to believe. Yeah. It's hard to believe you have that many yards. By the way, again, to, to back to what I was saying about the teams we played so far this year, uh, Appalachian held Wyoming to 31 passing yards. How Two, Wyoming two, 208 total yards. And this exactly. was a, this is a Wyoming team that beat Texas, Texas Tech, Tech. Yeah, and, and also took Texas down to the wire. It, I, I, how they won that game is just that's mind-boggling. But that's how we need to learn how to play football right now, win football games. So, but anyway, whatever it takes. Yep. yep. <laughs> All right, guys, we got anything else? No, and, and uh, one more, um, one more stat about that game: 40, 40 minutes and twenty-five seconds to nineteen thirty-five in time of possession. Wow. Unbelievable. Wow, um, that's great. In in, in App State, um, they did travel well. They took 3,000 fans to Laramie, Wyoming. It's one of those, you know, it's kind of a very unique trip, intersectional matchup. You got Uh, bigger mountains than we got. (laughs) And, and yes, uh, very very much kind of like the BYU trip was a season ago. That's what he said. BYU trip was a season ago for the Pirates. But, um, yeah, let's let's head down to Houston and uh, take care of business this weekend. Get the one and zero in the conference and set up that big Thursday night matchup, the night of the Boneyard on October twelfth. Mike Houston's uh, another a chance to get his first, his first win against an ACC opponent when SMU comes to town. Uh, but we got Rice first. All right, wrap it up, Dave. I guess Dave's having some technical difficulties hey, as he's on the road. 
Wrap her up, Dave. All right. All right. For all of us here for the Pirates playback, of course, by LNK. Thanks so much for Kevin KK Walker for being a sponsor the last few years, our title sponsor. Appreciate him very much. We'll get back very soon. Uh, for Pirate shows. Good night, everybody. And always. Go. Uh, uh, uh.